Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto Experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. It's caught for a touchdown. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. All right, good morning and welcome to Roto Experts in the morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hopefully you all remember to push your clocks ahead. Joe Galina, along with uh, George Kurtz, Sean Engel. Big time breaking news, George Kurtz. George, how you doing? Well, uh, how are we doing? Spring did go ahead, right? Spring forward, so we did lose an hour of sleep here, and I, I, I like to could have used that hour. Mm-hmm. And I know what your breaking news is. Uh, we were all wondering when, when this would come to an end. A-Rod and J-Lo are engaged. Isn't yes, that nice? absolutely. That's exactly what I wanted to open the show with. Uh, are you surprised at the news? Uh, no, they've been dating for a while now. I mean, uh, yeah. she, what that her TV show, theirs, whatever that was named, Shades of Blue. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. My wife used that. to watch it. Yeah. Right. That didn't come back, so now she has mm-hmm. free time. You know, she can spend time on her on her relationship with A Rod. So uh, yeah. good for those kids. And as Yankee fans, we know that A Rod kind of needs to be coddled, needs the attention. So hopefully, uh, J Lo will uh, pay enough attention to him. Yeah, he's I think like maybe what maybe nine years younger than her, or whatever. But anyway, look, we'll get back to J Lo later. What we really want to talk about is Antonio Brown. The drama uh, is over for now, at least part of the drama, right? Antonio Brown has a new home uh, breaking overnight. uh, I woke up to the news that he was traded to the Raiders for a third and fifth round pick. And, uh, you know, he said that uh, they, quote unquote, they were going to play under his rules. Uh, He went basically, I think, where he probably wanted to go. And not only that, but he gets himself a new contract, a new uh, three year, $50.125 million contract. $30.125 million of it is guaranteed. Uh, So he worked himself, uh, max value on the contract, supposedly, I guess, with with incentives of 54 million. So he got himself just about a $12 million raise. George, so, uh, you know, earlier in the week, uh, Ian Rappaport uh, kind of looked silly. You know, I'm not blaming him. You know, he probably uh, had uh, 
double check this story, but he reported that uh, Antonio Brown had been traded to the Bills, and then uh, you know the Bills the situation didn't work out, and uh, we, we think it might have been a combination of him just not wanting to go there and also uh, not being able to negotiate a contract. But uh, big big news overnight, uh, Antonio Brown. Had hinted that he, uh, on Friday night that he was going to announce where he was going. I guess they needed a couple of days to, you know, uh, get the uh, dot the I's and cross the T's in this uh, new deal. But uh, Antonio Brown, a Raider. To put it nicely, I'm thankful it's over. <laughs> now, after today, we really have to talk about this every show we do here. You know, three times a show, three segments. You guys talk about Antonio Brown, where he's going, all his aggravation, he's the. He's bringing it out here, so I'm glad it's over. The Raiders mm-hmm. made sense. I, mean, I think most of us have said the Raiders were certainly a destination, mainly because, well, they had the need, right? Needed a wide receiver, especially after trading Mari Cooper to the Cowboys. And you had three number one picks, which mm-hmm. is nice that you didn't use any of them. Yeah. You yeah. know, they, they had uh, four, three first-round picks, number four overall, 24 and 27 in the first round. So some people would have thought, including me, that one of those picks might have gone there. Maybe they give up a first and get a second back in return. We've seen a lot of deals like that. But they didn't end up going that direction. Oh, uh, it didn't have to. Uh, they only gave up a third and a fifth, which uh, in my mind is a steal. I mean, you got, I don't understand why they were, uh, the Steelers felt they need to do this deal now. If you're only going to get a third and fifth in return. Why do it now? That doesn't seem like a deal you, you need to do now. It's still pretty accurate. You got taken here. and mm-hmm. you, you got taken. And uh, it's just strange. For all the aggravation he put you through, I mean, did you just want to get it over with? Yeah, I, I think that's I, part I, of it. Right. Just had it with him. And you couldn't trade him to Buffalo. Uh, you mentioned Ian Rappaport. Looks like he did jump the gun there. Although my guess is the trade was done. I think mm-hmm. the Bills probably lied when they gave. Well, you know what? It was We were talking about it. It didn't work out for either side. I think what it didn't work out for was Antonio Brown. He said, mm-hmm. hell no, I'm not going. Yeah. You know, hell no, we won't go, and that sort of thing there. I think that's what brought it down. But, you know, it's a, a separate topic. But we're seeing a lot of this now by the so-called uh, information experts. I mean, Shep just had a couple of weird reports uh, over, the, over the past year that haven't mm-hmm. proven true. The you know, report was wrong about Buffalo. Shep, do you think about in the Robert Kraft thing? Shep just said there was a bigger name coming out. Nope. He had kind of these maybe Rice not in football. <laughs> it's know, not a big name, like, period. Right, right. Well, that's it's supposed not, to be not even some, close. Yeah, there was. Yeah, Robert Kraft by far is the biggest name. Remember, he said bigger name than Kraft, and it was after the names came out. There was no bigger name. He was wrong. Right. He had Condoleezza Rice being a uh, a possibility for the GM for the Browns. <laughs> I mean, what? Sometimes I think these guys want to be the uh, want to be the first to get the information so much. Right, that you right. really can't automatically trust what they say because they don't they don't get enough confirmation. Guess being first is nice, being right is better. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. But uh, in terms of this deal, uh, you, you mentioned uh, maybe the Steelers just wanted to put this behind them. I mean, little by little, we had seen this week uh, teams uh, publicly saying they weren't in on uh, any negotiations for. You know, the landing uh, Brown in a trade. Uh, I think the latest ones were the Saints. And the Titans publicly said that they weren't interested in whatnot. So little by little, you know, and we talked about it last week. It was even on the promo right before our show. You know, Antonio Brown shooting off his mouth uh, just, uh, you know, hindered the uh, possibility of uh, Steelers making a fair trade for him. And the Steelers had said, look, you know, we're not going to trade him unless we get, you know, full value. But I guess after a while, it just seemed that uh, this was the best that they could do. And that's fine. Uh, and one point you brought up that's actually very big is that a lot of teams are saying, nope, nope, mm-hmm. nope, 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 nope. Yeah, nope. publicly. You know, they, mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't want yeah, – right, that was the problem. They were saying it publicly. So maybe the Steelers didn't have any other possible suitors. But I'll say it again. 
Why now? For third to fifth, was, you know, that's, that's nothing. You, you got nothing in return here. Uh, why do it now? There's nothing coming up that says you have to do this. There's not like mini camps or training camps opening up. And you don't want the distraction. Mm-hmm. You know, mini camp is not generally what next month there'll be. It might be a mini camp. Uh, May after that, and Brown may not have shown to that anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. Training camp would have been a big thing. I, I can certainly see where you want this done by July. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even if you get picks for next year, I just don't. Third and fifth. I mean, your team's already in transition, right? And mm-hmm. Brown's gone. Bell. I mean, ninety-nine percent is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so I mean, it, I just find it strange that this they, in my mind, they said it's like they took. Oh, forget it. Well, let's, let's just get this over with. And mm-hmm. you take a third to fifth. That's just not enough. I mean, it's just not enough. I wouldn't have done this deal now. And I don't. Another thing, this. Uh, what are you saying here, as far as the other players on your team, down the road, star players that want the same thing? Are they going to force their way out as well? I understand you're going to have very few people like Antonio Brown, who really was a, uh, a malcontent. And uh, had issues there. Ben Roethlisberger is, I don't know about equally to blame, but he certainly shares a big part of the blame here as well. And Mike Tomlin probably has to be put on this pedestal as well for letting it happen. And the GM saying, oh, no, Ben can criticize whoever he wants. So uh, this hasn't really helped at all here as far as Antonio Brown. It is, it's, it's strange. It's strange from the Pittsburgh point of view here. How they can sell this you know, to the media, to the fans as a win. You know, you, you lose Antonio Brown arguably the best receiver in the NFL, certainly one of them. You know, granted, he's up there, he's over 30 years old, but you lose him. That's a big, that's, in today's NFL, man, that's a big thing. To lose your no one wide receiver, the NFL's a passing league, it's all about the quarterbacks. And you lose Antonio Brown, and how are you going to sell this? I, I have no idea for a third and a fifth. Smith Schuster, listen, we all like him. Mm-hmm. Fantasy-wise, probably a second-round pick. But how's he going to do against the number one cornerback each and every week? How's he going to do when defenses are game playing to stop him? Uh, I'm not telling. I'm not saying defenses ignored him last year, Joe. But you know, Antonio Brown came first. Having having Antonio Brown there definitely uh, had to help a little bit. But uh, so uh, you bring up some some really great points. And and when you look at basically from from the Raiders side, so uh, they you know midseason had traded away. Uh, Cooper, right? Amari Cooper to the Cowboys for a first round pick. Uh, and now uh, they got back Antonio Brown for uh, a third and a fifth. So do you think that that's a, a fair, just in terms of their future, uh, you know, getting rid of uh, of Cooper, bringing back Brown, and it cost them overall a third, a fifth, and a first? I mean, uh, you know, how, how, how do the Raiders – I mean, obviously, there's still more work to be done. And like you mentioned, they have three first-round picks. Uh, they've got several other picks, uh, round two, uh, pick in round two, pick in round four, uh, one in round uh, six, and two in round seven. So they got, still have a lot of work to do. They've got some cap space as well. I even saw a rumor that, hey, hey maybe now they should go for Bell because you imagine a reunion of Brown and Bell in, in Oakland. But uh, what do you think about just like, a, you know, swapping – Cooper for Brown for what um, uh, amounts to being uh, the, the third and fifth that they uh, just gave up and, and the first that they gave up last season? Well, my guess is it doesn't work. And it's for, for this reason, this reason only. Antonio Brown's going to be 31. Mm-hmm. So his shelf life as an ace receiver is probably a year or two before he starts to decline here. Anyone think the Raiders are going to be a great team in a year or two? I don't care how many draft picks you got. They, they all have to work out. Uh, now, if they sign Bell, too, it becomes more interesting. Mm. But Carr is not Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's going to be interesting. That's a I, big uh, part. I, I, I can't stand Ben. Listen, I think Ben's – if things he's done, this is pretty close – you know, he's a, 
he's an ass, put it nicely. And I would probably use stronger language than that. But he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> Carr is not. So uh, what did Larry Fitzgerald say during the week? Pretty much uh, the, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Right. Look, wife had thrown the ball to me over the past couple of years. <laughs> Great you point. Know, uh, so I think things are going to be a little difficult here. The defense for Oakland is still not good. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you just named all the picks they have. They could turn it around in a big, big hurry if you believe in Gruden. Mm-hmm. You know, but you have to believe in Carr, too. So that's a lot to ask for. And like I said, in a short period of time, as far as Antonio Brown's concerned. You know, that's why I find this interesting. Signed a three-year deal. So they only haven't signed uh, until he's 32 or 33. His 33-year-old uh, season there. So uh, I don't know. Like I said, this is – I don't think they paid much. I don't think they had much to lose here. Mm-hmm. But I uh, – I was going to – in regards to Antonio Brown, I think he's going to find those – you know, those games where he's getting 16 targets and he's catching over 110, 120, 130 balls a season. Those are done. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do that with uh, with Oakland. It's not the same kind of vibe. It's not, not the same quarterback. That's for Le'Veon Bell. Listen, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he ends up there as well. They need a running back. Mm-hmm. They have the room. It would make some sense. The problem is, can you afford to pay Brown what you're paying him? You already you mentioned the contract was $18 million. Uh, guaranteed, uh, $18 million. This could be the cap hit here. Can you afford to pay? But Brown wants to annihilate the running back market. Now, he's not going to be able to, and I think he's going to have a, uh, a rude awakening as far as what, how much he's going to get, but he wants to break it. And to sign him early, I think you're going to have to break that, and I don't think the Raiders will do that. So I think that'll be interesting to see what uh, Le'Veon Bell can do here. But I think it's an option. Because yeah. I think, once again, Le'Veon Bell's suitors aren't that great either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, uh, Bell, a free agent. Uh, Tevin Coleman, a free agent. Mark Ingram, a free agent. Jay Ajayi, uh, TJ Yeldon, CJ Anderson. Those are the the recognized names, the notable names of, of free agent running backs uh, that uh, are available on the market. And that should start the negotiations. I believe they start technically Monday, tomorrow, right? So, uh, And you're right in terms of, uh, you know, Dealing with uh, Derek Carr as your quarterback, I mean, look, Antonio Brown's averaged 171 targets since 2013, 171 targets a season. So, uh, I mean, maybe we could just continue this a little bit on the way back from the commercial, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this affects Derek Carr himself, you know? Well, it should give him more confidence. I mean, listen, last, last year wasn't really fair to Carr because he had nobody to throw to. Jordy mm-hmm. Nelson's a shell of his former self. But then again, you can look at Jordy Nelson and say, it's amazing how he's not the same receiver without Aaron Rodgers. We'll find out what kind of receiver Antonio Brown really is without Ben. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that out big time. Uh, but it wasn't fair to Derek Carr. I mean, Nelson looks like the, you know he's nowhere near the player he used to be. They traded Cooper. You know, you have an average tight end in Cook. And the other, your other receivers really aren't are nothing special here. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't, it's not a fair way to grade him. Uh, so we'll see how, how we can do this year. But it's not like uh, Brown makes the Raiders – he's a hole. They, have run, they don't have a running back right now. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch, once again, show his former self. Offensive line is not good, to put it nicely, which is weird because three years ago they had one of the best offensive lines in football, but it's not good now. They have work to be done there. Now, you mentioned salary cap. Right now there's $61 million projected that's not including Antonio Brown tonight you're talking closer to 40 million they they could do some damage here with the draft it should be interesting to see what the Raiders come up with when we come back let's take a look at the uh, the first round of the uh, fantasy football drafts very very early look and then uh, we're going to transition to fantasy baseball Roto experts in the morning with Joe Galina and George Kurtz 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Roto experts in the morning. Joe Galena, George Kurtz, Sean Angle producing our show. 80s classic. Shout. wonder if uh, Antonio Brown is going to be doing any shouting on the sidelines like he used to do <laughs> with the Steelers now with Derek Carr. Uh, maybe if Derek Carr uh, doesn't do a good job of getting him the ball. Uh, you know, wonder uh, if the histrionics. This, you know, the bigger part of this too is, you know, uh, and it's been widely reported how the Steelers kind of enabled Antonio Brown to become the diva. You know, showing up to to practices late. Uh, I think he had separate housing from the rest of the team. You know, uh, in, in training camp and whatnot. So. You wonder how John Gruden is going to approach handling uh, Antonio Brown if he's going to be treated with the kid gloves that he was in uh, the Steelers. The Steelers enabled him. Let's face it. You know, and don't get me wrong. He, you know, uh, if not, you know, the greatest, but one of the greatest uh, wide receivers of his time. And uh, still, I believe he's at his peak. I don't think he's going to get any better, George Antonio Brown. Uh, but I think yeah, he's got at least another, and you kind of alluded to it, at least another couple of years of, you know, you know top uh, production. But uh, you, you wonder how uh, John Gruden will approach coaching um, Mr. Brown. You do. Uh, listen, <laughs> I think it's, it's foolish to think that there's really too many teams that treat everybody the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's foolish. Maybe, maybe New England. You know, uh, that might happen there. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why Tom Brady has also been upset because I think that does happen in New England. I think Brady mm-hmm. would have preferred more preferential treatment. I mean, I, listen, I'm a Cowboy fan. Jimmy Johnson of the '90s. Jimmy Johnson admitted, yeah, there were different sets of rules for you know the slugs than there were for Emmitt Smith. Or, or really Michael Irvin would have, been, would have been the guy he was really talking about. In other words, he had a different set of rules for star players than regular ones. You know, right. Your average Joes, your 9-to-5 guys. Uh, and I think that's true of most teams. You know, uh, I, did, I do think Tomlin let it go too far. You know, he, uh, I, I, I think Tomlin's a small part of the blame here when I say this. You know, there's, if you talk about 100%, I think Tomlin's maybe 10% of the blame. GM uh, is probably, the blame too, right? Didn't the yeah, GM oh, yes. come out and say, the GM you know, look, you know. definitely out there. <laughs> But, that, but the GM and Tom, they probably share the same blame. Yeah. Because, once again, you, you let Ben do what he does. You mm-hmm. let Brown do what he does. You know, you, the GM coming out, well, about a month ago now and saying Ben can criticize whoever he wants because he's Ben is like, are you right. kidding me? Right. Are you kidding? Who's running the team here? <laughs> what you're saying is Ben's running the team. Yes. You know, that's Ben's team. You're, you're catering to the quarterback. That's exactly what you're saying. And mm-hmm. that you can't have because the way Ben goes about it is horrific. I'll bring it up again in the interview after uh, when he threw that interception in, uh, in the Denver game that cost him the game late. You know, late mm-hmm. before, I think it was on the last drive. Threw the interception. He actually blamed the offensive lineman because mm-hmm. the offensive lineman blocked the defensive lineman into the end zone. In other words, the mm-hmm. offensive lineman blocked the guy so well 
that it was mm-hmm. his fault because he ruined Ben's lane or whatever the hell he was trying to say. It's like, mm-hmm. wow. Talk about being an eight-year-old, you know, where you, you know, kids, they blame everything on everything else but themselves. Mm. You know, it's like, well, you've got to be kidding me. You know, and uh, I don't see how that plays. I don't see how that plays well. If I'm that offensive line, I'm like, I'm like what? Next time, I'll just let him go and kill you. Yeah. You know, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it really, it's a dysfunctional, it's a problem. You can have dysfunction, and sometimes teams play through it. These guys didn't. You know, they end up blowing up in their faces here. So, uh, hey, it's great drama for you and I and everybody mm-hmm. else. You know, it's entertainment. But uh, and think about Mike Blewett right now. How does, how does Mike, Mike Blewett steal his fan, for those who don't know? How does he have to feel? You know you're going to lose Bell, and now Brown's gone, too. And I'll say it again, you got nothing in return. Right. I, you're literally going – and I guess the good news for them is Ben does seem to want to have a contract extension. Well, last year he was thinking yep. about retirement because right now – this team is in a major rebuild. Yeah, yeah. And you wonder if, you know, a lot's been made about Brown coming out and saying stuff about uh, Ben Roethlisberger. You wonder if uh, Roethlisberger put his foot down and said, look, it's either him or me. And uh, that could be an explanation of why the, the Steelers are <laughs> thinking about giving him a an extension. So now the Steelers, who, who are the Steelers star players? Uh, uh, Connor is their, their uh, running back, right? Uh, Jalen Samuels backing him up, uh, more of a pass-catching back, right? And then you got Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Big Ben. So, I mean, that, you, they took a big, big hit. And uh, and you're right. I mean, the third and fifth, that's ended up, I guess, just what they felt that the best deal out there. Because like we talked uh, in the last segment, uh, more and more teams were uh, opting out of uh, negotiating for tra- trading for him. So, And I, I still say, uh, look, you know, uh, look out for James Washington. Uh, but uh, he's no Antonio Brown, no doubt. But uh, second-year wide receiver for the Steelers. So what does this do fantasy-wise for you in terms of uh, you know value? of? Uh, well, we'll start with uh, Derek Carr and then we'll talk uh, Antonio Brown. Does this uh, pump up uh, Derek Carr's fantasy value for you? Is he uh, you know, a, a QB2 still? I mean, I, I would presume that he was probably a QB2 for you. Uh, going in before this trade. What do you think about Derek Carr's fantasy value going forward? Well, he's definitely still a QB, too. Uh, mm-hmm. It may move him up a little bit, but quarterback is loaded. Uh, mm-hmm. There may not be too many top echelon ones. You know, you know there's only a few Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes. Uh, you want to throw Russell Wilson in there as far as top-tier guys, and then he mm-hmm. gets real crowded real quick. Uh, it moves up Carr a little bit. I mean, listen, I have Carr in a, uh, uh, a dynasty league. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not my number one. I have Jimmy Garoppolo as my number one there. So he's not above Garoppolo. Garoppolo will still be my starter most weeks. Assuming he comes back healthy. And San Fran does some damage uh, to their wide receiver core. Lord knows they need some help there. Uh, I don't think it's moved Carr above him yet. But it makes Carr more interesting. Certainly a QB, too. So in the super flex leagues, uh, two quarterback leagues, yes, he's a starter there. But not in a one quarterback league. Like I said, there are a lot of things, there's still a lot of moving parts here. The offensive line still needs to be fixed in Oakland, or else he's not going to have time mm-hmm. to throw to Antonio Brown. I don't think this offense is, even though Bro Gruden does like a pass-heavy offense, he does. And right now they don't have running backs to take anything away from that. And their defense is terrible, so they're going to have to throw because they'll be trailing all the time. But still, this is not Big Ben throwing the ball to Brown left and right. It's not that offense. Uh, mm-hmm. Not yet, anyway. So, uh, I guess a car doesn't move into quarterback, too. I think it's more interesting where where Antonio Brown goes as far as other wide receivers are concerned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's take a quick look at uh, what the first round uh, of the 2019 fantasy football draft might look like, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at fantasy football calculator. They have uh, Saquon Barkley as number one. 
And we've had this discussion in the past in terms of, uh, you know, there are a couple of guys that you would consider as number one overall pick. Uh, Saquon, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, what he's done the past couple of years, and then getting involved in the passing game as well, especially in PPR leagues, you got to bump him up. So uh, is it safe to say maybe Saquon Barkley, Elliott, and Gurley top three overall in uh, fantasy fo- football in round one? I don't know I'd say it's safe to say, but uh, once again, we're talking PPR. <laughs> I'm talking PPR leagues here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I not, agree. Not not standard leagues. Uh, mm-hmm. I would take Barkley one. I think uh, where people are going to take Gurley is going to be very – I'm probably looking very forward to see what happened to Gurley this year mm-hmm. as far as how far he's going to drop because of what happened. And even the news we're hearing now, he's got what, uh, what they call it, arthritis, uh, whatever. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, that's yes. not good, but not the worst-case scenario either. And mm-hmm. surgery looks like it won't be needed here. So where right. are we going to go with him? You almost you wish know, it would, because maybe a surgery would fix it, right? You know, this is still uh, no, kind of I, <laughs> I don't want him to have no, I'm not talking about major. No, 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 no. I'm talking a little cleanup. Uh, come on. <laughs> All right. You never you never want someone to have surgery. That's not, not no. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, so where does he drop? And uh, now you're hearing the the Rams came out and said, eh, he's going to have a th- probably around a 70-30 split next year. He's, still, he's certainly going to split carries. So mm-hmm. they're going to look to maintain him. So I'm taking Barkley one, Elliott two. I mean, you could make a big argument. Even once again, the Panthers come out and said this year we're going to we're going to calm down his workload a little bit. But that CMC could be three. Mm-hmm. You know, where's Kam- if, uh, Ingram leaves New Orleans? Where's Kamara come in here? Right, right. So it's, like I said, it's going to be very intriguing to see how far down Gurley falls as well. I don't think he's mm-hmm. falling out of the top five running backs, and like I said he may go two or three. But it mm-hmm. wouldn't shock me here. But, yeah, I would take Barkley 1, Elliott 2. It becomes more interesting to me after that. All right. So top five, uh, Barkley, Elliott, Gurley, Kamara, McCaffrey. Maybe not yeah. in those, that exact order, but we will say there. And, and by right, the way, what I meant about Gurley. That's what I'm going uh, you know, When I was talking surgery for Gurley, I wasn't talking like, you know, you know. ACL or what? I was just talking, just a little cleanup. But anyway, because because sometimes you know you could you could heal from surgery, especially like in early March, it gives you plenty of time. You never anyway. want to have surgery, never. Yeah. Too many things can go wrong. It takes sometimes longer to heal than others. Infections. You never mm-hmm. want to have surgery. I would never, I'd never say I'd rather have a person now have surgery than uh, deal with uh, something else that should be much much easier to treat. No, we'll see. <laughs> but, you know, this could be a lingering thing for the rest of his career. Who knows? But anyway, top five. So we're good with that. So where do you go after that? Do you go, let's say, uh, uh, another running back like Gordon? Do you start to look at uh, some of these uh, wide receivers? And you mentioned how does this affect uh, the wide receivers? I mean, who, who's your top wide receiver at this stage? So we get the, the top five. Uh, you could go Gordon. You could go DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Devontae Adams got a lot of love at the end of last season after everyone, the smoke cleared, and you realized what a fantastic season this guy had. So, uh, you know, what do you do next? I expect that when, I, when it comes to football draft time, and I won't have my first football draft until right after the NFL draft. That's one of my, one of my leagues will open up. Uh, the problem is if you don't take a running back in round one, mm-hmm. you're going to be screwed. You're just going to be screwed. It's going to be hard to find them. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a list here. Barkley, Elliot, Gurley, McCaffrey, Connor, Gordon, Kamara. Those are all first-round running backs. Le'Veon Bell, we don't know where he ends up before we put him in here. Mm-hmm. All right, so we, we got it with David Johnson. You know, what does Arizona do? Do they go up to Kyler Murray? I mean, so there's a lot, of, a lot of moving parts here. Obviously, it's early. So there's a lot of moving parts here. But if you don't take a running back in round one, man, it's going to be tough. Uh, 
But to answer your question, the first wide receiver off the board, what if Bell ends up in Houston? Man, him and Hopkins would look good together. Uh, mm-hmm. I would like that a lot. Uh, Devontae Adams with uh, the new coach there. and uh, He's expected to be more, more pass-friendly with Aaron Rodgers. So I might go with him there. I, right now, I think, Joe, if you, if you force me right now, I think I would mm-hmm. go Adams. But I think this would easy, if Bell ends up in Houston – I think mm-hmm. I'd end up going Hopkins, and I think Bell, Houston has the money for Bell, and, and I think they have the need for Bell. And mm-hmm. I'd like to see how that works uh, with that offense, those uh, that duo together, dynamic duo together there. So I'll go Adams right now, but uh, I could easily change my mind. All right. So uh, Fantasy Football Calculator has, of the first 10, eight of them uh, being eight of the choices, the selections being running backs. And we talked uh, Barkley, Elliott, Gurley, Kamara, McCaffrey, uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, I think he's still got a lot left, but I am a little worried about him with that year off and and the lot of uh, wear and tear that his body took. But it will be interesting to see where he does end up. And then uh, James Conner. Do you think James Conner is a uh, a first-round uh, running back? Listen, I think this full Pittsburgh offense is going to be much, much more interesting now. Once again, no Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure if teams feel anything anywhere near about Smith-Schuster as they did about Brown. Brown was dangerous. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure uh, uh, Smith-Schuster is dangerous like that with, against the number one cornerback, and the defense is paying attention to him. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be – because what you're saying then is, oh, you know, Smith-Schuster is as good as Brown. When you look at his numbers last year, you go, oh, yeah, they, he is. Yeah, but that's because he was facing single coverage, never the safety over the top. Yeah, everyone was worried about Brown. That's not going to be the case this year. And the same thing is true of Connor without Bell, although I think that's probably closer to similar. It seems like to be that Bell is a great running back, but the system helps. The system they use in Pittsburgh seems to be uh, very beneficial to running backs. So I'm wary about taking – I'm not taking Connor over. Over the running backs you named, the only running back I might take him over, which is ironically, would be Bell mm-hmm. because I don't know where Bell is going to end up right now. I'm not taking him above right. Kamara. I'm not taking him above Gordon. I'm not because I don't know if I can trust this offense without Brown, how it's going to work there. I, uh, no, I, I just can't do it. I think, uh, once again, football's tough. When you lose a great player, which you just lost in Brown, what do we think about him? You just lost a great player. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it changes the whole makeup of the team and how defense is going to attack this team. It just changes it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so you, we talked about Hopkins and Adams. Uh, sounds like that they would be your top two choices at wide receiver. Where does it go from there for you? Uh, you got choices, uh, the Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, uh, Tariq Hill, uh, OBJ. I mean, is, is uh, Brown anywhere in that uh, in that conversation yet? Or are these guys that I just mentioned for you uh, far and away, you know, above those those guys. Well, you're certainly taking Tyreek Hill, right? His big big playability with Mahomes. I don't think Mahomes is a one-year wonder, so I think Mahomes will be fine. Uh, mm-hmm. New Orleans, I'm actually a little worried. I want to see them do something to get somebody opposite Thomas because I think we saw mm-hmm. at the end of the year, you know, teams were like, you know, hey, it's just Thomas. And we're not worried about this other all these other receivers they have. They, no one's breaking uh, broken out yet. So I'm a little bit worried about Thomas. Julio Jones, yeah, I'll take him. No issue taking Julio Jones uh, above uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, who else? Who else? Odell I mean, you, Beckham Jr. <laughs> gets, seems to get hurt every... I mean, the way the Giants are building their team right now, it seems like they want to play 40 to 38 games. <laughs> They're building... Gettleman is following through. He, it, he actually does believe that Eli can play well. Mm-hmm. That Eli can play well for another year or two if they build around him. It's weird. It's just strength. When you're building around a 38-year-old quarterback who just... 
you know, it's looked terrible for years now. But Gedwin mm-hmm. looks like he wants to prove everybody wrong that uh, Eli can do it. He's building up the offensive line. He's done a good job, very good job. But that defense sucks. I mean, you let Collins yes. walk for nothing, which was really strange. Right. Although every team seems to be letting their safeties go. Yeah, Maybe there are a lot of safeties out there. Yeah, yeah that's another. <laughs> listen, I, I, like, I like to think the collusion theories here, but man, it's it's really strange. Safety now gone. They released the safeties on the con. Gone, gone. Let's flood the market. You know, it, it's just weird. Uh, so you let Clint and Collins go, unless you really believe you have to have a safety who's a ball hawk, which Collins is not. He's an in-the-box safety, but just strange you let him walk for really $11 million, which is not all that much. Weird. Mm-hmm. But my point is, you traded Olivia Vernon, which granted it wasn't really working out for the Giants, but you have nobody left on defense. The Giants are looking at playing 40 to 38 ball games. You know, so I, that makes me intrigued to OBJ, but he still he keeps getting hurt now. Mm-hmm. You know, and now he's got his, his antics as well. Uh, so that's my only worry about it. If, if he didn't get hurt the past couple of years, if he was healthy and playing 16 games— you can make an argument he'd be number one if you trust mm-hmm. Eli at all. You know, with Saquon, because once again, with Saquon Barkley makes it tough. Makes it tough to say, hey, we're going to gang up on OBJ because then Barkley have a field day. It's sort of choose, yes. choose your with Barkley or you want to lose quick with OBJ. So it's mm-hmm. intriguing here. I do like what the Giants have done. I mean, you've uh, that offensive line now has really gone from a weakness to a strength. Yeah. And it should yeah. be a strength. And uh, if Eli does have a year or two left, the numbers should be there. But trusting OBJ to stay healthy is my issue right now. Right. And then from there, you got um, Juju Smith-Schuster, who you mentioned. You know, Will he be able to take over the mantle as the number one guy without a guy like Antonio Brown uh, taking, some, taking some of the attention away, uh, you know, taking some of the attention of the opposing defenses? So, I mean, I, I guess it's clear from what you're saying. Antonio Brown, uh, definitely a, a second-round pick next year, no? For me, yeah, he'll be a second-round pick. Like I said, mm-hmm. uh I would take him probably above Smith-Schuster. I would, but it's close. Like I said, they're both second-round picks here. Uh, you want to throw Adam Thielen in here as well? Sure. Yeah, I think he's in the same category here as well with, with these guys as far as when you're going to take these people. Uh, it, it makes it more interesting. It certainly does. Keith Allen is probably in this group as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we come back, continue talking a little bit of fantasy football, uh, free agency, the upcoming draft, and then we're going to transition to fantasy baseball. It's almost spring. Listen to Roto Experts in the morning. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Roto Experts in the morning. Joe Galina along with George Kurtz. Sean Angle producing our show. A little psycho killer action from the talking heads. Uh, you know, some of uh, Antonio Brown's uh, antics, you could call them a little crazy, but uh, I wouldn't use the word psycho, George. 
not saying that you did, but uh, just a uh, good tune from the 80s. No? Talking Heads, uh, very good tune. I'm a Talking Heads guy, though, David Byrne, um, burning down the house. Uh, mm-hmm. which sometimes I was worried about my kids would do. Uh, absolutely. Uh, talk, I mean, I, I went to a Weird Al concert uh, a while back, and uh, his last uh, his last song of the night, he was uh, it was always a, a rock and roll song that they uh, – they didn't parody, they just played it. Psycho Killer was the one he played at mine. He did uh, you know, Rebel Yell, Billy Idol. He was doing a different one at every one of his concerts, which may not mm-hmm. seem impressive, but when you think about it, they had it perfect. And for a band to be able to do that, just every, you know, yeah. so many different, it's, it was impressive. It was very mm-hmm. good. But I said, mine was a psycho killer. And uh, so, yeah, but I'm a Talking Heads guy anyway. So, yes, I enjoy yeah. it too. Yeah, I had, like, a lot of good tunes. Sean's on his, listen, Sean's on his game today. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we've had Tears of Fears and Shout. That's what I see <laughs> my favorite, that's probably my favorite Tears of Fears songs. Uh, we yeah. have Metal Health and Quiet Riot. Now, I might, uh, I might like one. Come you, On, Feel the Noise a little like better. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I think I like Come On, Feel the Noise uh, mm-hmm. a little better. But uh, Quiet Riot, I mean, uh, we're going from 80s hair bands to uh, whatever you want to call pop <laughs> tears for fears. Uh, we're all over the place today. You know, good so, job uh, good for from, sure. uh, Sean Engel, the fantasy Absolutely. prince. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's just uh, continue to talk a little fantasy football. Then uh, we'll spend the rest of the show talking fantasy baseball, uh, getting very close to primetime fantasy baseball draft season. So we got a lot to talk about there. Uh, but uh, we were talking uh, uh, first round, first couple of rounds of uh, the 2019 fantasy football draft. So uh, let's just – just recap in terms of wide receivers, uh, one, two for you, based on our conversation, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, were uh, Devontae Adams and Hopkins, and you'd like Hopkins a little bit more if Bell would sign uh, with the Texans, right? Or any capable running yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from there, uh, is there a clear number three? It sounded like you were really into Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, then, you know, I mean, we, we could talk Leo Jones. It sounded like you were a little bit, uh, concerned about Michael Thomas's supporting cast with the Saints. I think that's fair. I think it's a set mm-hmm. is fair. Uh, yeah. That's the way I would view it. Uh, Terry Kill, I think I would take as uh, my number three. Uh, mm-hmm. The big, the big plays are going to keep coming there. They're just mm-hmm. going to keep coming. Right now, that's a dynamic offense. Mahomes, Hill, uh, Damian Williams. I have no worries with him uh, being the running back there. Travis Kelsey at tight end. There's a lot of weapons there. I would take Hill at three. And like I said, Tom, listen, I love Thomas. If he ends up on my teams, I'm not, I'm not disappointed. But right. I think you did see at the end of the last season in the playoffs where you could shut down this New Orleans offense somewhat because mm-hmm. it's really only Thomas and Kamara. There's nothing else there. So you got to concentrate on him. You saw what the Cowboys did uh, the week at the Thanksgiving. And the other teams have sort of taken to that same approach. You put pressure on Breeze where you can't keep looking for third and fourth options here. He's going to have problems if you have the defense to uh, keep Kamara and Thomas in check and not everybody does. That's the rub. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the next three, uh, we talked a little Odell Beckham Jr., Juju Smith-Schuster, and Antonio Brown. At this stage, rank those three for me. Uh, I mean, I want to move Beckham up so much higher because I think the, like I said, everything I see about the uh, Giants is that they want to play high-scoring games here. Mm-hmm. And if Beckham stays healthy, he's going to put up numbers. He's mm-hmm. just good. That, cause once again, that offense has options. Teams, You almost have to pick. Do we want to lose slowly with Barkley? You know, have him get six yards of carry and, you know, take up eight-minute drives and eventually they score. Or do you want to die quick with uh, with Beckham to take a chance at a 50-yard score? They have Sterling Shepard, which great, he's not may not be great, but he's an option. You have Evan Ingram, a tight end. Option. So they have weapons there. So I think the Giants are going to score a lot of runs. They, uh, I think they fixed the offensive line. 
Mm-hmm. My problem with the Giants is all about that. I think that defense is going to be really, really bad. Uh, but once again, the Giants have cap room. Maybe they fix it during free agency. I'm, I'm sure they'll drift on uh, defense during the So I'm not so sure they'll they'll take Haskins even if he's available at six from everything that's going on right now. I think they might wait till next year when it's a heavy quarterback year again. Uh, so when I take OBJ, uh, I mean, I think OBJ would be the kind of play where if I had – if I can possibly take him in four drafts, I wouldn't do it. I might go two drafts OBJ, and mm-hmm. then one Julio Jones, one Michael Thomas. So sort of that sort of spread the risk around. You're hedging a little bit. your bets, yeah. Okay, like, Even though I don't I like, like to do that, I don't. Mm-hmm. But I don't like because I believe in my my rankings are my rankings. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have this guy next, I don't care. I got my You're nineteen league. Guy and I'm taking him, right. It. Right. I think that's the way you should do it, unless you have it as a coin flip. But I think with OBJ, I, just because of the injuries, it's the only thing I'm really worried about. Hurt the last two years. Uh, that's my, but I think I just think this year could be a really big year for OBJ. I'm just, I'm what I'm trying to say is I'm feeling OBJ. And once again, I'm not a mm-hmm. Giants fan. So I'm not saying this to be uh, because I'm a fan. I just like I like what the Giants have done as far as the offense so far this offseason. All right, so uh, let's move forward. We're on the eve of free agency uh, in uh, NFL, but there's already been uh, uh, a signing to talk about. You mentioned Damian Williams uh, running back for the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs signed uh, Carlos Hyde. Uh, a little over a million bucks, I think. I think it's a one-year deal. But uh, that does that concern you at all in terms of uh, with Damian Williams or uh, is Carlos Hyde like uh, safely a uh, RB two at this stage uh, and he'll play behind Williams? I mean, Williams did impress uh, going down the stretch last year. He really impressed. Uh, I think it was a smart, <laughs> uh, smart signing by uh, the Chiefs. I do mm-hmm. uh, because once again, Williams came out of nowhere, right? I mean, yes. Really, Damian Williams, ex Miami back who really come? Out, I mean, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. so that that was surprised. Remember, Spencer Ware was the star there. They even they didn't know what they had in Williams, <laughs> right, right? Right. Spencer Ware was the star. Then he got hurt, the shoulder injury. And all of a sudden, it's Damian Williams. So I think this is a smart signing. Not that Hyde is you know great or anything like that, but he's a good solid uh, running back here. He covers Still yourself. Just twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Still just twenty-seven. He catches the ball in the backfield, mm-hmm. which they want in that uh, in that offense. There. I mean, we need all the other running backs earlier. And uh, I don't. We didn't. Other than a passing mention, we didn't really talk about Williams. Uh, I think he's, you know, in that ten to twelve range as far as running backs are concerned, and probably a third round pick because there is somewhere that Hyde could take some carries here. Because I'm not sold on Williams. I'm not. You know, it's like you know, one of these. Did he sell his soul to a devil kind of thing? And then you know, clock's gonna strike midnight, and I'll use as many different analogies as I can. You got to give the glass slipper back to turn into a pumpkin. You're a big All Disney right, so, guy. Uh, yeah. I'm actually not, but I, I just want to use as many of those things as I could. Hell, when I, all I could think of when I was uh, saying the uh, the devil thing is that a friend of mine is going to see the Charlie Daniels band in a couple of uh, next next month. Devil wow! To That's why I talk about a ass. blast for the past. I actually I think he's going to see Travis Tritt and Charlie Daniels. Wow! And, like, uh, and he said Travis Tritt first, and I know the guy. He's a big he's a big hair you know big hair metal guy. I'm like, what the hell are you going to see Travis Tritt? Then he said Charlie mm-hmm. Daniels. Like, oh, now I get it. I'd go yeah. see Charlie Daniels. I didn't know Charlie Daniels was still playing. I'd go see him as well. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so I, I think Hyde is interesting. I do think he's mm-hmm. interesting because what if Williams gets off to a slow start? You know, Hyde's not done. He's not like it's Frank Gore where he's a, an obvious backup. You know, Hyde mm-hmm. can steal some carries. So you can make you can make an argument that Hyde might be the better back if he can learn that system. You can make that argument mm-hmm. very well. So I'm going to be very wary of taking Damian Williams, and I don't want Williams to end up being my number one back because then you almost have to grab Hyde later. It's sort of like a Tevin Coleman. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Devonta Freeman situation there where you want to make sure you get both to cover your ass. So uh, 
I said, I like him. I think uh, I do have faith. I think I have faith in the offense. That's why I have faith in uh, Damian Williams. But uh, like I said, I don't almost feel I'm forced to make sure I get Carlos Hyde later, and I don't like doing that. Yep. Uh, it was a one-year, $2.8 million uh, contract, and he gets uh, Hyde gets $1.6 million in guaranteed money. So uh, there. Uh, another couple of small things that happened in football. And then we can talk about some of the, the bigger free agents that are still out there. Uh, we've got uh, the Dolphins signed Dwayne Allen, tight end. Uh, last, uh, he was with the Patriots, I believe, right, uh, George? Uh, and, you know, I'd expected, uh, I mean, the Dolphins talk about a team in transition. Obviously, uh, they may be looking for a quarterback transition. in this year's the draft. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just put a blindfold on. You wonder why the Patriots win a division year after year after year. It's because the Patriots, <laughs> Bills, and Jets can't get out of their own freaking way. I mean, it's it's just it's scary. I mean, I make the joke every year, but the Patriots don't have another important game until January. Who's mm-hmm. going to challenge them in that division next year? I mean, I, I like the direction the Bills and the Jets are headed, but they're not there yet. And the yeah, Dolphins, they're, still at least they're, the year they're away. lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've got to agree with you i mean it's just like another automatic division win for the patriots so uh and uh what's their worst case Dolphin- scenario they go four and two in the division probably five and one mm-hmm. maybe six and oh this is ugh. it's been going on for decades and it's not over yet so uh dolphins also released uh, danny amendola uh former patriot wide receiver as well so uh, free agent names that are out there. Uh, Nick Foles, quarterback, uh, pretty much a foregone conclusion uh, foregone conclusion that he's with the Jags at this stage. Yeah, I think that'd be an upset. Uh, you said it earlier. Teams can start, I love this, doing legal tampering <laughs> tomorrow. Right. Like, uh, right. I, I, how does that work, by the way? And isn't that an oxymoron, legal tampering? Mm. I mean, what the uh, – whatever. Uh, the NFL does their – they can do whatever they want. They leak press money anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, they can, everything will come true as far as the trades, assuming the physicals are passed. We'll hear about all the trades becoming official on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and no one seems to be talking about uh, the other major, well, let's say major in quotes, uh, quarterback that's a free agent, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, have you heard any rumors about him in terms of where he might end up? Well, it's because he's not a major quarterback. He's that's not. What I'm saying. That's why, that's why I put him in so, quotes. You know? <laughs> he's, he's been so made. overblown. Yeah. His, career, his career numbers are blah. Mm-hmm. All right. And then last year, I mean, listen, last year's not fair. He played a very, a very small sample size and he wasn't good. Mm-hmm. All right. My guess is, I mean, when you look at teams, there are not too many teams in the NFL this year that need a quarterback. I mean, look, who who can you look at in the NFL and say they need, need a quarterback? You could argue Denver if you don't believe in Joe Flacco, but Flacco's got three more years in that contract now. You know, and maybe Denver uh, goes after one of the draft. What, what happens if Haskins falls? All right, so who needs a quarterback? I mean, you look, I'm going through a list right now. Miami at 13, they do. But I don't, I don't think they believe Teddy Bridgewater is the answer. And they don't, they don't have any wide receivers there for anybody to throw to. So I think they're going to want to build. <laughs> right. I think Miami's building uh, for the next year is supposedly sort of like last year in the quarterback draft, where a lot mm-hmm. of quarterbacks uh, are be available. I think Miami's building for that. I think Miami's tanking. And they'll build for next year. You know, Washington. Unless you think Case Keenum's the answer, they need a quarterback. All right, I don't think Alex Smith plays this year. You got Case Keenum and Colt McCoy. You can say all the nice things you want. Could be a placeholder, we'll say. Yeah, you know, for the uh, yeah, if they believe that that Smith might be back, you know. Yeah, but Smith's not the answer either. And now you're asking a guy coming who's missed that. Apparently, they thought he was. Yeah, you know, I I mean, prior to the injury, but. 
That's Daniel Snyder being uh, a little silly. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's it. Every other team technically has a quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. some better than others, but they have a quarterback. So, like I said, it's uh, it's interesting to see for, for Teddy Bridgewater. I think he may have to end up having to go back to New Orleans if they want him as a backup. Knows the system there. I'm sure they'd be happy with him. And uh, I don't know if Taysom Hill is ready to take over the backup role as a pure quarterback and not this quasi, I don't know, slash thing they got going on with him. So, uh, I think Bridgewater is sort of screwed here. He, uh, you know, taking that contract with the Jets, I understand. You got to do what you got to do and play, but... There are no openings. There are just no openings for him really to go for this year. And he hasn't played well enough. Like I said, small sample size, not fair. Yep, but he hasn't yep. played well enough to force someone's hand. Hmm. Uh, two biggest names, uh, in my opinion, that what wide receiver in terms of free agency, Golden Tate and Tyrell Williams. Uh, Williams late of the uh, the Chargers. Uh, Golden Tate, uh, great PPR fantasy uh, wide receiver when he was with the Lions, got traded to the Eagles. Eagles pretty much didn't know what to do with him. Didn't really come on till late, but uh, Golden Tate and Tyrell Williams, uh, any love for them? Any idea? I mean, Tate had, I, I think he tried to uh, profess his love for the Patriots and who, what what, what wide receiver wouldn't want to play uh, for <laughs> the Patriots at this stage of his career? Yeah, Tate did say he uh, he'd like to play for New England. I don't know if that fits. I mean, they already got Edelman there, another slot receiver. I don't know if you're going to put uh, Tate there as well. Mm-hmm. And Tate is a slot guy. I don't think they're gonna, yeah. they would move him to the outside. Although the Patriots could use an outside wide receiver, uh, but I don't I don't know if that's going to be a match that's going to happen there. Once again, I think he'd be forcing a square peg into a round hole uh, by Tate going there. So I don't know if that works. Uh, it didn't really work in Philadelphia. All right, for Rotate there, he had a good game right. or two, but overall didn't work. So I don't think he's going back to Philly. Where does he go? I mean, uh, there are there are teams that need him. I mean, once again, every team, he's a wide receiver. I think he'll almost have sure. his choice. If, does he want mm-hmm. the most money or does he want to go with the the best fit or best chance to win? Because mm-hmm. you look mm-hmm. at Arizona could need help. San Fran could use help. Yep. Jets could use help. Even Raiders the Bears. could still use help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bears absolutely could use I mean, once again, almost every team could. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe no Tampa, maybe not the Giants. Uh, Jacksonville mm-hmm. could use the help, uh, but then again, didn't work. Nick Foles and uh, Tate in Philly, so maybe that doesn't happen here. But Jacksonville could certainly uh, need wide receiver help. I don't. Buffalo, think I heard, Detroit. was looking for a wide receiver. Buffalo, <laughs> absolutely. Where did you hear that from? Uh, uh, Ian Rappaport reported it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, they could use the. They could so they, I mean, you go Denver, Washington. Once again, there are a lot of teams. So he'd, mm-hmm. he'd have plenty of suitors. I have no doubt he'll have plenty of suitors, and he'll find a job here. Cowboys could use a slot wide receiver. Not going to happen. They can't afford it. But uh, once again, you go on and on and on here with teams that need uh, slot wide receivers. Terrell Williams is more interesting yeah. uh, because I'm not so sold on this guy. You know, he, uh, he's not. He's uh, an outside receiver. Threat. Yes, because mm-hmm. he can go up and get the ball. Right? He mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of Alvin Harper, the ex-Cowboy guy. Not really consistent, mm-hmm. but when the ball's in the air, he can fight for it. He might come down with it. He give you right. That 50-50 ball, he can go up and get it. And he's not afraid to go up and get it and take a chance. So uh, I do like that. But because there's not too many wide receivers on the market, man, he's going to be overpaid. I think no matter where mm-hmm. he goes, he's going to be overpaid. And that mm-hmm. would concern me somewhat. But once again, almost the same teams I just mentioned for Tate will be in there for Williams as well. But I think for Williams, and I wouldn't blame this at all, I'm going with the team that's going to pay me. I want the most money. This is your one chance to cash in. I said, I don't think you're a great wide receiver. So this is your one chance to cash in, and I'm taking Mm -hmm. the most money I can get, the most guaranteed money I can get. That's the team I go with. 
Yep. Uh, as we head to commercial, you got Le'Veon Bell we talked about in terms of running backs. Tevin Coleman, Ingram, and Ajayi. Of those three, I mean, is Ajayi still uh, an RB1, or is he, you know, based on his uh, injury history, proclivity to getting hurt, do you think that he could be an RB1 anymore, Jay Ajayi? I'm not so sure he ever was an RB1. So, uh, no, he's got the, the, uh, the generative knee. I think, uh, once again, he'll have to sign with whoever he can. I don't think anyone's going to pay him as a running back one there. Tevin Coleman mm-hmm. was terrible without Freeman. Uh, so I don't know where he goes either. Mm. All right, we're going to switch gears in the next hour. Time to talk fantasy baseball. You listen to Roto Expert in the morning with Joe Glenn and George Kurtz. Sure. 